Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong. Thanks for tuning in to our 55th episode. This week, we're going to be talking about a topic that actually comes up a lot during our weekly recaps where we can't help but give you a little bit of a peek into what we're watching or listening or playing. But we decided that it's been about a year since our last media recap or review. So we thought we'd bring it back this year since it's about time. Uh, But before we get started with that, we're going to do our weekly recaps as usual. So if Linda, would you like to start us off? Oh, yes, Ling. I feel like there's nothing for me to write home about this week. Um, We did hang out at Sally's house this weekend, and we were able to see the almost finished basement. Because we've been going to Sally's house since high school and seeing her dad, like, do the basement, like, build it with, like, the walls and, like, the floors and everything. And I saw, like, her dad's little face at dinner, and he was like, so you're not going to say anything about my basement? So when he was like, <laughs> his expression, I felt like he was waiting for us oh to gosh. say something about about his basement. But we did that, and we did some painting together, which was fun. Um, I guess work update. I'm so tired of work. Like, <sighs> Some a part of me is like, why am I doing this? But also, like, if they didn't need to do this, I would have no job. So, mm. I guess that keeps me humble. Um, <laughs> anyways, Ming. Yes. Uh. Yeah. Going to Sally's house was a lot of fun because we haven't seen each other in person for like several months before then. So it was good to like get back into it, even though we talk weekly because of these calls, and then like every month because of William, like seeing each other in person was nice. And it was definitely like throwing me back into like high school feelings because of like, I guess going to your house and the basement. And like, (laughs) this is the first time that I think I've sat down and had a meal with one of your families in like years Mm -hmm. because we never did that in college really. So it was definitely like a throwback to high school and I didn't hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. When my like every time... I think you guys are the only ones that like, come over and like stay for dinner. And like every time my parents like set us down on the table and like, all right, now let's say prayer. I'm like, oh, this is so awkward. I would not be able to do this with anyone else besides you guys. I it's said okay, amen though. with you guys. Yeah, yeah, I, did I it. heard Linda. No, I heard Linda give a loud amen. <laughs> it wasn't loud. <laughs> okay, it was loud to me, but it's definitely like, it doesn't really make me feel that uncomfortable because I grew up doing mm-hmm. it. And I do it all the time at my grandma's, but I I do think it's, well, okay, I don't want this to sound demeaning. I do think it's nice that you guys still do it because <laughs> my family does not do like mealtime prayer. Mm, I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, I had a, a kind of eventful first start of the week with work this week. Um, just everything like Linda is Mercury in retrograde or something because... <laughs> everything like tech in my life has gone wrong especially with work and like on Monday I woke up actually pretty in a good mood like ready to get going but then I spent literally the entire day until about 3 p.m working and troubleshooting with the IT people and they had to like I had to go sit in my basement (laughs) which my basement is not that inviting as definitely not as inviting as Sally's new basement and it's cold and I had to like get the guide to do remote desktop or whatever to figure it out 
And then on Tuesday, I woke up feeling like even better being like, okay, let's actually get some work done today. And it had the same exact problem with my computer. Oh, no. Um, And so I called them and I thought it was going to take a while like it did on Monday. But within like five minutes, they were like, yep, you need a new computer. So (laughs) is there any... So the the problem is, is like my computer can't receive like Wi-Fi signals, I guess, or something like that. So I have to be directly connected to the Ethernet. Is that why you're in your basement? Well, I was in the basement because that's... um, where our router was so that's where he wanted me to go down and Uh, like figure it out like i had to fiddle with the router and then my mom got annoyed because we lost the internet for her and she was working mm -hmm. so anyways yeah the only ethernet connection we have is in my living room like right by my front door so that is where i'm working from now (laughs) i have like my desk set up like right next to the door so anytime i'm on a call and like my dog barks i like quickly mute myself (laughs) it's just getting you the new computer so today, like, the our internal IT guy was like, oh, yeah, like, tomorrow I'm going to go into the office. And it sounded like he was basically going to just, like, scrounge around to see if there was any computers, like, That's sitting around. That's what they did for me. <laughs> I'm like, so this is what I mean to you, guys. This is all I'm, I'm worth. But it's okay because I do have a connection so I can work. It's just so inconvenient. But, yeah, that's that's been my update. And then... In terms of crocheting, I'm so annoyed with my project that <laughs> the giraffe. Yeah, no, I, I'm making a, a sweater, and I've made a lot of progress on it. But it's just so frustrating when you get like stuck on a part, and like I keep doing it, and I'm the type of person who likes to keep doing it until I figure it out, and then I can go to bed. But last mm-hmm. night I stayed up till like one trying to figure this out, but I couldn't figure it out. So, what part it's just are like you I on? want one nice easy thing in life um it's like the cuff you know how like every oh, nice sweater has like some, sort of a cuff mm-hmm. yeah so there's like a cuff on the wrist and a cuff on the 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 bottom like yeah the mm-hmm. bottom of it and it's like the technique that the pattern wants me to do is like really frustrating are you like taking in the <laughs> but, stitches is that why it's no it's not taking in the stitches it's like because they're working the cuff like very narrowly instead of like across the bottom it's working up and down like mm. along the bottom i have to like flip it every every time oh, but i can't figure it out something's wrong with like when i flip it the like i don't know it gets keeps getting in knots and like i'll work on it later today but <laughs> you know i picked up crocheting as a nice mindless hobby and i was annoyed <laughs> last night that it was not mindless it just makes scars like me <laughs> yeah <laughs> Speaking of which, Sally, how how are you doing? Oh, uh, I'm doing okay. I had a good weekend actually. Like, my mentor only called me when you guys were there, like that 20 minutes <laughs> or whatever, 10, 20 minutes, and that was it. Is that a record? That's a record. Um, low for amount of like times he calls me over the weekend. So that was good. And you guys came over. I feel like I had like a very productive weekend because you guys came over. So I had like social life. And then I repotted some of my, oh, I potted my avocado seeds. So I got that done. Mm. And then um, I made a painting with you guys. So I don't know. I felt like I was very productive, even though it was like small things. Uh, Oh, Mm. also I perfected my scallion pancake technique. So I've been following. Is it perfect now? Okay. I've um, tested a lot of people's scallion pancake recipes. Like I did Mike Chen's, Inga's. 
and then some mm. other people on the internet. But this person, um, I found her on YouTube. She like um, did a lot of testing, and then she also showed like different ways to fold the scallion pancakes. But basically, uh, I forgot her YouTube name, but she has a blog. It's called like Plant Based Walk. And she has the scallion mm. pancake recipe there. So if you want to check it out. But it's like the best way to get flaky layers without and like the layers are translucent, like how you would get them at the Taiwanese street markets. Mm. So and then also she does this thing like technique where you like judge it together <laughs> to like loosen up the layers. So Oh, in the pot with like Yeah, your with like two spatulas. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, this is the first time I've actually been satisfied, like completely satisfied with my scallion pancakes. And I've been baking like a few rounds, or not baking, I've been um, making a few rounds of scallion pancakes ever since uh, quarantine started. So it's been an ongoing project. I want to try, Sally. Yeah, <laughs> give us a tester or something. Yeah. A sample. Next time you come over, I'll make you some. <laughs> yeah. And oh, another thing that I... I mean, I guess like people that listen to this podcast probably won't relate to this, but I found a Cantonese language um, podcast that I really like. I heard about it from one of my YouTubers that I watch. She's also like Cantonese speaker. And she was listening to it in the car and then I checked it out and it's like a really cute podcast. It's this lady who like tells these like little life anecdotes and stuff relating to some topic. And it's, it's like very like lighthearted and some things are like very um, just like slice of life, very like small things that she talks about. But it's just nice to hear someone talk and like share these like little fun stories. And I don't know, it makes me feel relaxed when I listen to it. So mm. if you can understand. Is the person me. based in America or are no, they she's like from in Hong, Kong. Hong Kong? And she works mm-hmm. um, she works in a, like a as an anchor or something or like she works at like a tv or radio station so she naturally has a very nice like nice flowing voice and she doesn't stutter you know like stuff like that so it's nice to listen to her just talk (laughs) Mm. Uh, are you inspired for this podcast i don't know if i'm inspired but (laughs) it is nice to listen to a canto segment (laughs) oh my gosh where i teach you guys canto no, I don't know. But it is nice to listen to podcasts as a podcaster myself. And like I can mm-hmm. learn a lot from listening to other people's podcasts. I've also, mm. Ming and I talk about this <laughs> like every week when it <laughs> drops. But I've been listening to Eat Your Crust, which we did a collab with like a few hey. weeks ago. And I really like listening mm-hmm. to their podcast too because they, and sometimes they discuss like, like they also add in a lot of like their anecdotes and like their personal like stories, but like here and there. And then I just like listening to their little reactions to each other's stories. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they're pretty chill, like listening to their podcasts. I like to work, listen to podcasts when I'm working, it, like makes mm-hmm. work less dull. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting directly into the episode. Yeah. Okay. So then, moving along to our <laughs> actual media reviews. <laughs> so today, for the meat of our episode, we'll be discussing some big three movies uh, that came out recently that are all Asian American centered. And we'll also be discussing smaller miscellaneous types of media that we consumed recently and sharing our reviews, feedbacks, opinions on all these types <laughs> of medias. So... 
for our first movie that we wanted to talk about, uh, let's discuss the To All the Boys I Loved Before, number the third movie, which came out mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day of this year, which is like the third year that it's come out in a row, right? It's always been Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. And seems like it. Yeah. yeah. What do you what did you guys think about the movie if you watched it? <laughs> I just watched it recently. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it when it like first came out, I think. Um, so it's been a, a little bit of time, but just in general, I was excited to watch it. Even if it was gonna be trash, I was excited <laughs> to watch it just to like have that closure. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think especially starting out like reading the books in high school, reading all three. And then watching all three movies, like I had to complete the set, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I enjoyed it for like what it was as you take it, uh, like a, just a nice, cute love story. So mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that like, I heard a lot of people be like, oh, it's like not that good. Definitely not as good as the first two movies. So I came in with the perception that, oh, it's probably like very low standards for the movie. Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it, I was like, it's actually not like that bad as people say like if I (laughs) was a high school student this is probably what my life would have been like I would be worrying about what college I'm going to you know all that so I was like that was my mindset but then I was watching it with my sister well she already watched it so this was her second time Mm. watching it so she was so done in the Mm. movie even though she's the one in high school she's the (laughs) high school senior she was like this movie is so stupid (laughs) I'm like this is you (laughs) you're the one worrying about what college to go to I do think maybe it's different because like she's like in it she's like in the heat of senior mm-hmm. year so she can directly compare it yeah but for us like we're all old and like it's just like want to reminisce yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on what could have been like to be fair it is pretty unrealistic the fact mm-hmm. that they traveled to like New York City for a school <laughs> high school trip is kind of wild no to high me, school but- trip yeah I appreciated that like the small moments especially so I watched it with Stefan and he really liked um the smaller relationships like between mm. the sisters between the dad and his fiance and like all those little small things so he yeah. pointed them out to me and yeah i think if you look at those like the peter kavinsky and laura jean kind of love relationship is pretty like straightforward but yeah. i liked all the other stuff too mm-hmm. so what was like the main conflict that happened D- oh did you watch it linda i didn't watch it okay yeah, the main conflict is basically that, I mean, it's like every high school senior. They're going to different colleges. Drama. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. they're set on going to the same college because he got a scholarship. Also, he got a scholarship okay, also, for what? Stanford? This is so unrealistic. First of all, she applied to like all Ivy Leagues and she was upset that she didn't get to one. Like what? Uh-huh. But also Relatable. this guy was like, oh, I'm not smart. Oh, like he got into Stanford, but he was like, I'm not smart enough to go to like all these other schools. I mean, I know he mm-hmm. got there on an athletic scholarship, but still, like, you think you're going to do well in Stanford then? <laughs> Dang, <laughs> Sally. But also, yeah, I was kind of annoyed by that because in the books, I was really excited to see them talk about, because in the books, she's from the East Coast. She's from Virginia. So she like tours UMD. She go to UVA oh, or something. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, she ends up deciding between like UVA and like Charlotte or something. So it's like much more local to our area. So I was excited to have like maybe a a scene of like touring UMD or whatever. But no, they have to like blow it up into big name like Ivies. But yeah, that was the general problem. And then she eventually like goes to New York for their like senior high school trip, and then she falls in love with the city, and then. 
you know, breaking okay, it to him. That was also like, so, so, like, unrealistic. She randomly runs into her friend who's touring the campus with, like, oh, yeah. someone who's bringing her along. And then she gets invited all of a sudden to a college party. To a party. Like, <laughs> can we talk about that party, that too? It's, so like, fast. on the rooftop and no, no one is, like... No college party is like that. <laughs> like, maybe in New York, but I don't know. Like, no one was messy or super drunk. They were all, like, chilling to some band music. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. It kind of reminded but, me of the void, but classy. <laughs> the classy <laughs> void, <laughs> but like very classy. Yeah, i I really liked the storyline of her dad and the fiance getting married too. I thought mm-hmm. Trina was a cute character to have mm-hmm. as like a motherly figure, but also recognizing that she can't replace the mom. Like I thought that was sweet mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. I wish she built Wait, more. Was the on... sister there? Oh, sorry. Oh. She came in and out. She like visited sometimes, but there was this. She also had a conflict with her sister where she was like, "Oh, at least I'm not moving away from the country like you." <laughs> not <laughs> and then the country. Like, <laughs> and then she was like upset, or I don't know. And then that's how like her whole thing. Oh my gosh, I was so annoyed at the beginning when she like there was this whole misunderstanding about how she like told Peter that she got into Stanford when she didn't like by accident and then oh, she was like oh, oh should I tell him or not and like oh girl <laughs> just tell him obviously tell him <laughs> I hate when those care when it's such an obvious yeah. answer but then they go in the opposite direction of course that's what like makes it a movie and drama but it's like I feel like it's so overused like that yeah, scenario yeah I agree I'm glad it didn't last too long yeah like, I'm glad. she eventually did tell him it yeah. didn't last till the end of the movie but I also think the her sister's perspective of like, oh, you like you should explore different colleges or different areas. Like, don't stick to your comfort zone. I was kind of feeling that as like current Ming and past Ming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, dang, we really haven't moved like fifteen miles out of our, <laughs> out our uh, comfort zone. It's like yeah. fifteen miles wide. I know. Um, <laughs> After listening to your crust and hearing that Crystal moved to New York City, I'm like. I have to get out of here for grad school. <laughs> I mm. have to move, even though I don't want to. I have to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So do you feel like there was like character development by the time the third movie came out compared to the first movie? Because it's been a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, were their characters any different? Mm. I would say I think because Netflix <laughs> separated the movies by like full years, I actually don't remember what she was like. In the mm-hmm. first movie, I think she was more true to her book character in the first movie, from what I remember. But in terms of growth, that's also interesting about this type of movie where it's like so connected to one like romance or one relationship that like I'm comparing the growth of the relationship and not of the individual characters, I guess. Like Laura Jean as an individual versus Laura Jean and Peter's relationship. Like mm-hmm. I could tell you all about their mm-hmm. relationship and how like they dealt with like. Um, oh, I forgot his name in the second John movie. Ambrose. Uh, but like, John yeah, Ambrose. Yeah, John Ambrose. <laughs> like they, they dealt with that threat and the, they were able to make it through. They're able to make it through supposedly long distance. But yeah. in terms of their individual character growth, I don't really know. Okay. Sally, what do you think? Hmm, yeah, I guess. I remember like at the end scene of the third movie when they're like thinking about when they first met each other. I totally forgot that their whole like dating thing was just a scheme. Like it was fake. It was a whole scheme mm-hmm. to like get back at what someone like Jenner. I yeah. forget. I we don't, don't even remember. remember. I don't remember what was the whole plot. But oh, Gwendolyn. <laughs> Gwendolyn <Right>. is that <laughs> the ex? I think her name was Jen. 
Oh, well, anyways. Gentleman. <laughs> Gentleman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's so weird to think back. Like, I feel like it was so long ago that I don't even remember what she was like in the first movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like agreed. the side characters are very consistent. <laughs> they're always playing the same, like, they're always doing the same kind of things. Like, her sister is mm-hmm. always, like, kind of slowly, like, pushing her from the back. But, like, in a mischievous way. I don't know. <laughs> oh, speaking of side characters, what did you think of... Uh, oh, I forgot their character names, but... Um, you know, the, the best Butler. friend. And dating Ross <laughs> Butler. It's like, where did this relationship nowhere. come from? Uh, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I think they just wanted also, another couple to, like, go to prom yeah. with. <laughs> But it's like he's he's he looks so old, honestly, in the movie. Really? I think like, he I think I don't know. I think in the movie he could pull it off. Like when he's shaven and everything, he looks like he could oh. pass. But then when you look at his Instagram, he's like, Oh, you're not a high schooler. <laughs> he just needs to move on from his yeah. kid, his like high school jock, jock trope. hmm Yeah. Linda, do you think you'll watch the movie or you're fine with leaving it you know just that too mm, maybe someday she's not gonna <laughs> yeah, watch just it. haven't gone to it yet i'll watch it <laughs> i do feel like i have to be in a certain mood to watch these kind of yeah. like super super sweet romances yeah like what mood like in a super super romantic <laughs> mood <laughs> that's why i was putting i can't watch just watch it because i was yeah. not in the mood also, I feel like it's so weird watching it as a single person because you're like, like when they're kissing and couples. like doing cute, uh, cute couple things or whatever. I'm like, I want to splash water in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's stirred up feeling. No, <laughs> it's like when you see the those couples like on campus holding hands and you're like these damn couples, <laughs> but it's like for the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely exaggerated in the movie mm-hmm. too. But I guess that was, like, the first movie that came out, and there there seems to be now almost this, like, little miniature wave of, like, like new movie releases, especially now with more, like, Asian, Asian-American representation. It seems like a little tiny bit, so I don't remember in which order, but I think the next movie was Minari, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, Did actually... Did you get a chance to Sorry, watch before we oh, move on yeah. to Minari, I was listening to ABG's episode with the author of... To all the boys, um, and she was talking about like oh. the movies. Oh, Jenny and Han, Jen, yeah, Jenny Han or Han. So she was talking about how she wanted to write the story as like not specifically an Asian American story. She wanted it to just be a normal story, but mm-hmm. it happens have like an Asian American character mm-hmm. in it. And I thought that was interesting, like how this is like a very cliche, like you know, love story story. But it is nice that the like Asian American story, like how. I don't know, like she might have felt different from other kids at school. Like that whole stuff isn't the highlight of this movie. It's just like her story without having mm-hmm. to have like all that, like, I want to say like token Asian American story tropes mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Yeah. And that's also what first drew me to the books too, because although she's like half Korean, it's not, it's not the entire only thing you know about her, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. And I think that just speaks to like um how men how much more media there is now. Like it doesn't always have to be about um an immigrant struggle or it doesn't always have to be about 
you know, their identity, their racial identity. It can be about other things. But I think there, it's nice that there's space for like a variety of different stories, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the cover, wasn't there like an Asian girl? So you can like know immediately that mm-hmm. she yeah. was Asian. I don't know if, if Ming, you still have the book, but sometimes when I read I stuff, I like headcanon <laughs> characters as Asian. And then I get like somewhere in the middle and be like her blue eyes and like my whole like picture <laughs> is like shattered. shattered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I have the books on my bookshelf right now. But I think that is what first drew me like very initially was like, oh, like an Asian girl. And then I was reading the premise of the book. And, you know, it's just something I like to read anyway, in terms of genre. But and I I kept like, I guess we could talk about this in Minari too. But I kept waiting for like something to happen to her that was like racially I don't know, related, Mm -hmm. like a microaggression or something like just waiting for that to happen. But like it never came. And I think that was kind of a a nice relief to feel. But also like, why am I so tense? Yeah. Just reading this like teen book. Mm, That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to move on to Minari Uh, then? Sure. Did you guys watch it? Because I know it was like, you had to pay for it. (laughs) I did not want to pay for it. (laughs) It's okay. I can, I can do a quick summary or quick reflection on it because I did watch it, I guess. And it was, it was pretty good. It was, we just talked about how it doesn't always have to be an immigrant story, but in this case it was, Mm -hmm. yeah, which was also nice to see, I guess. But um, it was also, the story was interesting because um, although they were immigrants, they had already been living in America in California for a while. They were just moving to, um, I think Arkansas, they were moving to Arkansas or like somewhere that's not as, you know, heavily Asian populated. So that was a different perspective of immigration, I guess. And Wait, was the Linda talking about wanting to move to Arkansas? No. Yes. Okay. It was, when did we talk about this? It, it was like, like yesterday. Like, mm. No, it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I that might have was nice. And he said it was like racist or something. So probably that came up in Minari. <laughs> yeah, I kept expecting their... Like I was saying with to all the boys, I was expecting because there's a um a, a side character who's an older white man, and when he first like approaches the family, like you get kind of like weird feelings about him. And I was waiting, like I was tense, waiting for something to happen to the family, like or something he would say to them. But eventually, he just became like a really good, trustworthy friend, which was nice to see, I guess, mm-hmm. and not in like a white savior kind of tropey way, but in like a I'm just genuinely genuinely offering my, you know, help and stuff like that. So um yeah, it was a good story. It was kind of like a like Linda, what you would say like a slice of life kind of story. Mm-hmm. There was only one the plot grew very slowly in the case where like the dad was like trying to work the field and, you know, make a living and the mom was like ready to go back to California or like she didn't see how this could be successful and she wanted to take care of the son who i think the son in real life wrote the 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 um script mm-hmm. for it so it was told kind of from his little boy perspective so it's like so a true story i think it said that it's like based on a true story yeah. so there's definitely some embellishments but the little boy is a real person and that's why it's kind of focused around him mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know i i liked it a lot and Maybe when it comes out on some streaming service, you guys can watch it. (laughs) 
Yeah. But definitely like a, a slice of life kind of um even at the end, I was waiting for there to be kind of more, I guess, more development or more plot, but um it left it off in a kind of just open ended. Mm-hmm. So there isn't racism way, so. in it, or is there? There is there definitely are. There's like microaggressions, like they go to a white church okay. and there's like white people who ask them like questions about them that is definitely racially, you know, microaggression. But mm-hmm. uh generally it's more of just the story of how he's like trying to work for his dream, I guess, mm-hmm. and then how he balances that with his family and being able to afford to be there. And the grandmother comes from Korea directly and she comes to like help them with the kids. And she and the bo- the little boy have such a like a such a deep relationship that I feel like I could definitely see like Sally crying. <laughs> Not to target you, but I could definitely see you crying about their relationship because it's such like a nurturing relationship that grows like you can really see their growth over time because at first he's like why aren't you like regular grandmas like why don't you like Mm -hmm. bake cookies and like you know she curses and (laughs) she likes to watch wrestling on tv so he's just like he wants that classic like american i guess grandma Mm -hmm. but then the relationship grows and it's like a really nice progression like if Um, one the one thing that gets at my heart like tugs at my heart is like grandparents (laughs) i don't know why but they always always feel so tender watching them because yeah, yeah at the end i was definitely like oh welling up <laughs> a little bit yeah i think that's why i like put off watching i'm like i'm not in the right emotional state mm-hmm. to watch this like i don't know i'm gonna cry it's gonna be like the farewell or something yeah mm-hmm. that's something why like i didn't that. watch I the farewell because i know it. i'm gonna cry okay yeah <laughs> oh i forgot you said i'm not watching it yeah, yeah. it has definitely the, a similar vibe uh, mm-hmm. as the farewell well it's by the same um production company oh. a24 it, a24 yeah. Ooh. Are so. they an Asian like run company? Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think they do Something other like films that? that aren't just Asian, but they mm-hmm. do have a lot of Asian mm-hmm. focused films. I will do more research and let you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, they did Moonlight and Midsommar mm. and Ladybird. Oh, so wow. it's like those kind of like indie, yeah, kind of feeling kind of stories i can kind of like like they're big production but yeah, they feel yeah. indie almost. i yeah i get, i like the mm-hmm. feeling of their movies they're like very mm-hmm. soothing or like i don't know well i didn't watch moonlight or midsummer but i watched ladybird but anyways i want to watch yeah, a like minari with my family i want to watch it with my family mm. and see how they react to it because i mean i feel like my parents could relate mm. somehow because they're they are the immigrants <laughs> So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's very interesting to see how the father and the mother their relationship kind of progresses because uh, you can you can tell that they care about each other a lot, but it's so challenging on their relationship. Like as a romantic partners, it's mm-hmm. so challenging on their relationships. So, yeah, I think I think it'd be good to watch with your family, but <laughs> you might all cry. <laughs> Do your family remember? Have you seen them cry at like movies? No, either of you? No, no, I have never seen them cry like, period, even at funerals. Period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've never seen my mom cry at movies, but maybe this one will get them. <laughs> have you seen it? Has uh, your mom seen it? Mm-mm. No, because the way that it worked when you paid for it is like you had a set time to watch it. Mm-hmm. So you get like three hours or four hours or something yeah. like that. And they're, they're, it's very interesting how they did it because um, you could only watch it within that time. And 
there was like you you could record it like there was no way to record it or if you did record it they would be able to track you down because every like few it had like a little it had your name and like I guess your computer information something like in the corner of the Mm. screen Mm -hmm. and it would like flick to different corners throughout the movie so like you couldn't ever crop it out or anything like that like it's very interesting how they record it and then just spread it internally (laughs) oh I'm sure I'm sure you could but I guess it's like a prevention if like they found it they they would know who to 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 go after (laughs) but i would say just like maybe just wait it'll probably come out soon i'll probably wait and like rent it or something use Mm -hmm. a legal security than disney (laughs) than disney yeah Yeah. it was i liked um at the end also they included like a i guess a session with the actors so it was like a, a recorded zoom session mm-hmm. between them and it was interesting mm-hmm. how they acted in real life or how they were in real life we only watched a tiny bit of it because it was very it was like 30 40 minutes long mm-hmm. but the little boy is like all dressed up he's <laughs> so cute like ready to talk and then all the older like adults are like in sweats or like not <laughs> even like that dressed up and i didn't know oh i guess i didn't really look at the the actors list but i didn't know that the mother is korean and that the grandmother is pretty famous in Korea. Like she's acted in some big name things in South Korea. Oh. So, wait, isn't yeah, the, the dad the dude in Walking Dead or something? Yeah, Steven. Oh, Steven Yoon. Yoon. Yes, the one who Albert was like, "You look like Steven <laughs> Yoon." You kind of do. You kind of do. Look I know. Like him. And when I was watching the movie, I like couldn't Could unsee you yourself. <laughs> also i saw like the little boy like getting his award or something Mm -hmm. and he got an award he was like dressed up and then he was like crying he was like oh my god thank you so much (laughs) it was so cute it's like on instagram (laughs) he was like uh, i guess as his character in the movie too he's like one of those like troublemaker kind of boys who but who's super sweet and like even when they get into mischief you're like oh little boy like (laughs) super charismatic you you definitely feel for him I guess we can move into our third movie, right? Yes. The third release. Raya. Wait, Sally, did you watch it? I did not because I just didn't have the time. I, but I'm going to watch it eventually mm. <laughs> with Ming's Disney+. Plus. <laughs> okay, Don't sh- say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't hear that. <laughs> cut it, cut it. <laughs> Ming, do you want to give us synopsis for Sally? And uh, then we can- okay. I can yeah, I'll start with the synopsis. Basically, well, have you even seen the trailer, Sally? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's basically like this fictional world that has um different cities that are like distinct, like they have their own, I guess kind of ruler, I guess, distinct cities. And it, it makes up okay, when they show you the map, I thought it was really cool how they it's split like it up into like a dragon and Mm -hmm. then each city is named after a part of the dragon so like fang or like spine and stuff like that and they each have their own characteristics that is pretty distinguishable like the clothing and the things that they do the environments they live in are pretty distinguishable and then it goes to the the story of basically how it was created but you eventually meet um the ruler of the heart city or kingdom and Mm -hmm. he has this dream of like uniting all these cities into like one one nation that it okay, used to this be. This was so dumb. Like, why did he want to make Kumandra 
in the first place. So Kumandra was like his dream. It's kind of like Pangea. It's like every continent put together. <laughs> but he gave no reason why he wanted everyone together. He just said, this is my dream. Okay, mm-hmm. anyways, main continue. We're one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Kumandra is the the nation, I guess, that he wanted to form them into. And then everyone is like, no, like, they all hate each other. Like, there's no point in doing that. And the daughter agrees that. Basically, he invites them to a big dinner, like all the the cities and their leaders. And his daughter, Raya, befriends, like, an enemy's daughter or whatever. And she it's brings like them Romeo to, and like, Juliet. the... Okay, okay, no. <laughs> Maybe, like- but no. <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> they Okay, she brings... The two girls go into, like, the place, the heart, where they keep, like, the last drop of, like, dragon energy here. I don't know. But <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, like, very sacred. And basically, they steal it, and then, like, shit hits the fan. And everyone tries to get a piece of this, like, spirit of the dragon because it breaks into different parts. And, yeah, that's basically how it goes. And the the spirit of the dragon, the point of it is that it protects the humans from, like, these... What are the creatures called, Linda? Like, um, it's like a smoke kind of, creatures. kind of thing. And then if it blows yeah. over you, you turn it into a rock. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the dragon spirit is supposed to protect them from it. But because they shattered it into pieces, it went everywhere. And so the enemies came back and turned her father into the, the stone. And basically it fa- flashes forward to like, I don't know, when she's like an older teen mm-hmm. or early 20s. I don't remember. Yeah. And she's like going place to place trying to find the pieces. And she has to like fight her prejudice against each place. She meets different people from these places and trying to reunite them. Mm-hmm. That's a good summary, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Oh, and she meets the dragon. <laughs> That's a big part. Yeah. <laughs> the, the last dragon. Can't forget her. Who's voice, who's voiced by Aquafina. Mm-hmm. The dragon is like, you know, the one who created that spirit stone that protected them. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, Ming, do you feel like the dragon, like when she was in human form, like her face was kind of weird. It was like yellow, kind of. I did not like her in the human <laughs> form, honestly. I didn't even, like, I was hoping she would stay in the dragon form the entire movie. And yeah, then she me turned too. into the human <laughs> with the hair. And yeah. she's just kind of like awkward. And yeah, she does have a, an interesting look, I guess, and I don't know. She's voiced by Aquafina, who's funny, but also kind of annoying, so <laughs> it, it's that kind of vibe, and mm-hmm. it's like them traveling around, and then I like the people that they met, but it was a very, um, you can, maybe you can speak to this too, Linda, but it was a very, like, straightforward, I mean, it's a kid's movie, but very straightforward mm-hmm. in terms of, like, love your neighbors and, like, come together, that, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like geopolitically, it just didn't make sense. <laughs> but just looking at it, I mean, it's like Disney, so they're all professionals. Mm-hmm. So everything, the image was just super beautiful. And mm-hmm. the way they animated the people and like the details, like the clothing they had and everything. This was like another thing that was inspired by like random parts of Southeast Asia, but they kind of like mashed them together mm-hmm. in a way. And I think that's like a critique of it is like this one princess mm-hmm. represents all of Southeast Asia, um, that kind of thing. But okay, in the end, when like Kumandra happened, they all went into heart. Spoiler. There was, I don't think it's a spoiler because you know that they're going to achieve okay, it. Okay, right? yeah. okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they all went into heart. Like they all left their own kingdom or whatever. 
And it was like no explanation. And the dad literally just got turned back into a human. And then all these people were going into his city. I'm like, this is so terrible. This is like a disaster having all these different people. But like, what about their own cultures? You know, because it's been like Mm -hmm. 500 years since it was Kumandra. I don't know, Ming. (laughs) I feel like I'm very confused. (laughs) I think when you watch it, you have to separate it into like the visual because the visual design is so that's what I really liked Mm -hmm. most about the movie, honestly. Like they have this part at the very beginning where it's like a storytelling, telling of the past of Kumandra and the dragons. And it's so beautiful the way that they made it look very different from the actual animation style, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. And just like Linda said throughout the movie is just really beautiful how they they did the art style but then yeah when you think about the actual like plot of it and you can't i guess it's so hard to separate like even a kid's movie from like real life and so like all the implications of what linda was talking about in terms of the different cultures that have been developed and then trying to bring them all together under the skies of like oh perfect unity and all that like it just doesn't work when you consider reality (laughs) but I guess that's the whole point of Disney. It's supposed to be like, oh, we'll make our own reality, you know, a kid's reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I saw, okay, I was, I went on Twitter after, like, I hadn't read any reviews before I watched it. And then I went on after, Linda, you were telling me about some of the critiques. And I was, so many of them were just dragging the the dragon to, like, the actual (laughs) art style of the dragon. And I do agree. She looks like a, like a unicorn or something threw up on her. Yeah. Um, that's weird. Like but it was just they animated everything else really beautifully, and then the dragon looks. I mean, I guess she's beautiful. Okay. It's just, <laughs> just her character she's design. Kind of like old. Yeah, I I guess the reason why I'm like hesitant, not hesitant, but like I'm putting off watching this movie is, I guess I'm not really like into animation or kids movies, or animated mm. movies in general, especially American ones, because mm-hmm. they're all like very. If you're not like a kid's age, you don't really enjoy it as much. At least for me, like I'll only watch mm-hmm. it if someone else near me is watching it. Like when you were watching <laughs> Noja on the plane. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll like yeah, it, but that's ex- I've never like really loved an animated movie, especially from Disney recently. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. mom is exactly like that. Like when I told her, "Oh, do you want to watch this animated movie?" She's animated. <laughs> <laughs> I I think she. Yeah, it's definitely such a flimsy plot line. Mm-hmm. But I guess if you really just allow yourself to enjoy the music was really good. I like the music and just the art of it, I guess. Yeah. You could enjoy. But yeah, definitely the the plots in Disney always kind of f- fall flat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or I guess we're so cynical, I guess, or just not just accepting like a child would be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's for like younger kids, right? Like even though the main mm-hmm. characters are kind of in there like late teens or early 20s one thing i liked is like the the girl rivalry and like Mm -hmm. the friendship that they had because i feel like that's pretty unique in a disney film like frenemies or something Mm -hmm. but they're both like kind of equal at fighting each other Mm -hmm. yeah i felt like it was more for um a younger age because like when i watch shonen anime like the storytelling seems a lot more mature yeah than Mm -hmm. a disney film even Mm -hmm. though they're also Mm -hmm. like 12 so Maybe Disney people just don't have good storytelling. <laughs> I think they're just like super conscious of like 
making it super kids appropriate, mm-hmm. like always G-rated. And especially since Disney has a history or a past of, I think they're Christian or like something like that, or like the family is, or just keeping it like wholesome and like family friendly mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. That's why like, okay, Linda, did you also get like, uh, enemies to lovers kind of vibe between the two <laughs> mm-hmm. girls yeah yeah but like, oh my god that's not gonna happen on a disney movie mm-hmm. but i thought her haircut was like was very what? edgy for disney <laughs> the enemies to lovers haircut <laughs> okay okay not that not that but just her haircut alone like the enemy's haircut how it was like so blunt and then shaved mm-hmm. i was like wow disney okay so not everyone has to be blonde and like long-haired i guess yeah, and the way they were like talking each other, like like trash talk or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, this sounds kind of friendly. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Yeah, but nothing came to be. I guess just friendship, mm-hmm. which is I guess the whole movie is about, you know, friendship. <laughs> I also hated how the dragons were like they're so tiny. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there could have been a lot more with dragons. I think they could do a lot more of like diving into the backstory a bit more and i hated how in the end the dragons just come back to life and then they just like run around in the sky like yeah wow rainbows and like we're all happy wait so is raya is raya actually like a princess or is she just a disney princess like in in name she's like the daughter of like their leader right i don't know yeah i guess she's the daughter of someone significant I see. But it's like the same way as like Mulan is called not a princess mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's and not like technically Moana, a Disney maybe? princess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All that sort of thing. Mm. But yeah. I did appreciate the the amount of just generally new media to watch, to consume. Especially like um, how they were being released during COVID. Yeah. I think that was pretty nice that most of them came out on netflix but like i guess the pay thing kind of makes sense i don't know i'm conflicted about like paywalls and stuff like that especially when it comes to disney (laughs) Mm, (laughs) when it's already like you're already subscribing to it and then you pay on top of it (laughs) or you had to pay on top of it yeah yeah it's the same way how mulan was like you're subscribed to disney plus but then if you want to watch it when it's released you pay the amount that you would pay like in theaters to watch it but mm-hmm. if you wait, like, it, I'm sure it'll come out on Disney Plus for everyone, like, in June or something like that. Mm-hmm. Wait, speaking of Mulan, did you watch the movie? I did. I ended up watching oh, it. Oh, what eventually. did you think? Because I heard so many criticisms about it. Like, even just, like, the storyline, besides all the ethic stuff. I would say... <laughs> I would say don't watch it. <laughs> to be honest now i want to watch it why uh i yeah it's nothing okay we already knew that right that it's like nothing like the the animated Mm -hmm. movie but it's like very very different and the plot again is kind of flimsy i would say Mm -hmm. the only thing again i watched this one with stefan and he's really into wuxia and like chinese um what is that called like mysticism or like um it was in uh, the Untamed. It was in the sh- Untamed. Yeah, it's the like idea of what's the soul cultivating. Yeah, thing? cultivating, cultivating. Soul, soul cultivating. Yeah. Okay, they kind of touch on that. Oh. Like that's kind of themed in the movie, mm-hmm. as it, like she's 
powerful for some reason not just because she's like a powerful person but because of that she has like special um, powers yeah yeah and it, it kind of has themes of wuxia but then stefan was like telling me how like this is not accurate to <laughs> true wuxia and then like telling me all about that so i don't really know but i i don't know it was it was okay <laughs> i liked it better honestly mm-hmm. let's see I guess because it was more of an original story and Mm -hmm. you can't help but have your own uh, past biases or like what you liked about the animated movie. So you can't help but like bring that to Mm -hmm. like a remake of it, even if you know it's completely different. Wait, one question. Did they sing Be a Man or is it Be a Man? You know that famous Mulan song? Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Is it like the business? Uh, Getting down. That's something I, I did like. Oh, did they sing that's it? something I did like. They didn't know there was no singing at oh. all. But I really, really liked the the not the soundtrack, but like the background okay. music because during the fight scenes they brought it in that same song, but as like a, a remix? just in like orchestra. Oh. No, not not like a remix. <laughs> well, I guess it's a remix, but not like a dubstep or like <laughs> that kind of remix. It was like you could hear it kind of playing in the background. Mm-hmm. It's just like kind of like orchestra or instrumental remix. yeah which i liked i thought it was kind of cool it added to like the fan like ooh, intensity but <laughs> yeah that that there was no singing That's i guess bad. it would be weird if they started singing yeah but that was a favorite my favorite part of the movies like the songs the, the songs <laughs> yeah maybe don't watch it then <laughs> yeah um, I guess, yeah, those were the, the main movies we wanted to talk about. I'm sure more will be released that we'll catch up in a year. But is there any other... I know we're always consuming some type of media besides movies. Anything else you found that you've liked consuming? I guess for me, K-dramas. Um, but I've already talked about this in my weekly recap, so I won't go too much in depth, but... I've been, watching, <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching Vincenzo, and I like actually highly recommend this drama. It's just, really, yeah, I really like it. I like how it's not like it's not your typical drama in the sense that, um, okay, actually, this is the part that I hate about it that they're like adding in a little bit of romance, even though it's not the oh. focus of the drama. But mm-hmm. I also like that it's not the focus of the drama that there's um. Like, it doesn't need the romance. It's just the storyline. And it's very, like, captivating every episode. So I really like it. And, like, I really like... Even though I don't usually like lawyer dramas, this one, I I like watching, like, how they solve their cases or how they beat their opponents in court and stuff like that, or outside of court. And it's interesting how the mafia element plays into this. Beat them outside of court? (laughs) (laughs) Using mafia methods. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's it's really interesting. And it also like talks about, because the main character is, he was in the mafia and then the female lead is not. Like she, she leaves like, she leads a clean life, like wholesome life. And so like her ethics are like, like, she's like not, used to this whole mafia world of like killing people and stuff so so like the main character has or at least right now he's having this kind of like ethical struggle where like he's used to doing things like the mafia way but he needs to change so that he doesn't become like <laughs> too distant for this girl and i don't know but that's that's kind of interesting to see 
and just like them fighting the evil guys like you know like the story of the small good people like trying to fight evil it's like it's mm-hmm. like f- fun to watch them s- not fun but like it's nice to watch them struggle and like when they actually win sometimes so mm-hmm. like you're rooting for yeah, them yeah 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 rooting for them yeah. like yeah okay sally if you're watching this then you have to watch well maybe not because it's pretty pretty similar but hyena Mm. It's like that same kind of idea yeah. where like one of them has more of like a gangster background <laughs> where they're willing to work around the law kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they, they team up together. I didn't realize he was a lawyer. I thought he was just like a pure mafia guy. <laughs> he's a lawyer that used to work for the mafia. So he's like a consiglier. Oh. <laughs> a what? <laughs> that's, what they, that's what they call them. <laughs> Wait, how was the Italian in the K-drama? Like, do okay. they speak Italian? I don't in know it? Italian, but... I think he sounds awkward when <laughs> speaking Italian. <laughs> like he's saying, oh From my gosh. From a non-Italian. When he said, mamma mia, I'm like, real Italians. Italians Ooh. do not say that. I know Why that for sure. Why did mamma mia? <laughs> Wait, was it about like food or something? Like, mamma mia. <laughs> I think so. I, I don't remember. But he's always like cursing in Italian. Like, I don't know where. Like, he'll be speaking Korean and then he'll get angry or something. He'll be like... I, I don't know, Italian. <laughs> Say it, Sally. I don't know what he says. No, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like it's kind of random. And like the actor obviously doesn't speak Italian fluently. But I think for what it is, it's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like that you said that there's not or there's like a minimal romance plot. Yeah. Because... I really found that I appreciated it a lot in Hyena, actually. Like, you were able to really get more into the the drama and the, the intensity of it mm-hmm. without, like, someone swooning yeah. in the background. The only criticism I have about this drama, besides, like, its forced, like, start of a romance line, is that they use way too much slow-mo. Like, he takes two <laughs> hours to walk to where he needs to be because <laughs> they want to get all these cool shots and like, they want to make him look, like, so, like, suave like and mafia like yeah. uh-huh. but i don't <laughs> like know from different angles it's just like, like overused sometimes because like i get it he looks good Let's just keep walking <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a k-drama like staple for their mm-hmm. cinematography though yeah mm. <sighs> i think that's all i have to say about Vicenzo. like i really highly recommend i think ming you would like this drama i think linda you would like it too but it you don't watch Vin- dramas vincenzo yeah it's on netflix Okay, but when will they be caught up? So there are 20 episodes and they're releasing episode 11, I believe, next or this weekend. So it's like halfway mm. through. So if you start now, you'll be done by the time it ends. Because okay. at, at the rate that you watch K-dramas. Yeah, at the rate that I watch dramas. <laughs> it's because I can't do anything else while I watch K-dramas. So I can't crochet or mm-hmm. be on my phone or whatever. So whenever I sit down to watch K-dramas, I'm like, okay, I have to sit down and watch it. And that <laughs> rarely like comes up. Like- <laughs> yeah, like pure focus. <laughs> but maybe, maybe yeah. it does sound interesting. Yeah, I mean, out of all the dramas that I've watched recently, I think this is the one I like the most. And yeah, recently it's been kind of dry. Even though there's been a lot of dramas coming out, it's been kind of dry. But this one, it caught my attention. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever? Uh, did you ever watch Kingdom? Kingdom. Oh, the one about the zombies. The historical. Yeah, no, I started one. watching it, but I never got past the first episode. Did you watch it? Mm. No, I I didn't watch it, but I'm thinking about starting it because 
So I'm in the uh, K-drama subreddit. Like I, I rarely go in there because I'm not that into K-dramas, but I, I use it to like see what other related shows are out. Mm-hmm. And so after Stefan and I finished Sweet Home, which took literally two months, it took us two months for us to finish that show. And it's very like, they call it horror, but I don't think it's horror. It's more just like monster Suspense. kind of gore. And um, it was... Yeah, and it was recommended that Kingdom is like related or whatever. So I was thinking about looking into mm-hmm. it because I heard good things and I like the historical element of it. I think, but yeah, yeah. Sweet Home was <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> it was an interesting K drama because I had never seen like a suspense or gory K drama before. I don't think. Well, the extracurricular one was kind of, but this one was way more into like the fiction because there were monsters. And it was, I don't know. I got caught up in the character lines at the end. That's the only reason we finished it. Mm-hmm. But Sally, you said you only made it like halfway. Yeah, actually, I don't think I was even halfway. Uh, <sighs> may- maybe. But I heard a lot of good things about it, which is why I wanted to watch Sweet Home. But I don't think it's for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you want to say more about Hyena then? That mm. the one you just finished. No, I just finished Sweet Home. I finished oh. Hyena, uh, like, I don't know, last month. But I think um, I talked about it a little bit on the weekly recaps. But Hyena is, like, another lawyer K-drama. And it was the first kind that I watched, I guess. So that's why I liked it so much. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really good. There, There's definitely some predictable plot points. But I think that comes up a lot of times in, like, every type of, like, show. Yeah. K-dramas and that sort of thing. But... I did appreciate, I kept telling you guys, I appreciate like a strong woman <laughs> being like the lead character who's like not interested in love really. And she has like, I love when characters have like sub plot backgrounds that are like very specific to them. And then mm-hmm. it somehow folds into like the overall plot. So she has one of those and yeah, very interesting. Also her fashion is great. <laughs> I was telling Linda that I think yeah. she would really appreciate oh. the the power suits and like the big shoulder pads and like she she wears like heels like this i don't know like five <laughs> six no not six five inches tall and she's walking around in these like pantsuits and like not falling down oh yeah my i also oh sorry mm-hmm. my female lead in vincenzo was also like that. maybe because they're lawyers so they have to wear pantsuits yeah. but she's always in a they're suit like let's make these lawyers like super powerful looking <laughs> but also still in heels you know yeah. gotta keep them in those heels mm. i mean ming is the is the woman the one that's like bending the rules and stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She's the one that's like, she starts out like as a low rate lawyer or like one that defends like criminals, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's just how she makes her living. And you find out why like later in the show. But then she um, she wants to own her own like building and firm. And then there's like the, the number one like lawyer firm in Korea is like where the other guy is from. And so he's from Posh background like his dad is a lawyer and his or his dad is a supreme court judge or something like that and he comes into the plot later Mm. but then they basically like join forces well first they're enemies which linda you might appreciate enemies (laughs) oh wait is he like a dickhead or something yeah he's like well he's very by the book kind of by the rules and um she like kind of does some shady things to like win the case and so he hates her she hates him because she thinks he's like stuck up prick you know and then Mm. they end up working together and then she uses her like street smarts and he uses his 
Honestly, I don't even know what he uses. He's not even that smart. He uses his good looks, I guess. And like they they finish the case together and they have like mm. of course K dramas are so good at having those like side characters that are like kind of quirky or cute mm-hmm. or whatever. They have their own personalities. And yeah, it all comes together in the end um. very nicely as like a team kind of effort. That's cute. Mm-hmm. I like that pairing. You know, with, like a super powerful woman and like some dickhead man and then she like mm-hmm. cuts him down to size. But, like, he's like, wow, you're yeah. so powerful. And then they no. end up like... Linda, <laughs> she really humbles this man like throughout the show. He is constantly being like cut down by her. Like she'll, he is the first one to express his feelings. So there is a romance plot, I guess, but he expresses his feelings and she's like, no, like get out of my face kind of thing. Mm. So they don't end but up even in like I I can't say exactly. Oh, I can't oh, say okay. I guess I'll have to watch to find out. Yeah, I'll just say that if you like the enemies to lovers trope, <laughs> maybe. So they're lovers. They do end up together. Yeah, but lovers makes it sound so intense. Like that's not the main focus. Like mm. but they do come to appreciate each other's strengths. <laughs> Okay. okay strengths finder <laughs> oh wait but going back to what you're talking about with the side characters yeah i think side characters really make a k-drama like a good k-drama into like a very like a top-notch k-drama mm-hmm. and from like vincenzo too they have really interesting like all the side characters are quite a character and it's like mainly the side characters are the tenants of the building where he stored the gold in, which is another side plot besides mm-hmm. the lore stuff. And the dude from Crash Landing, remember the soldier? The one of the mm. side side characters from Crash Landing, he's like the soldier that's like always being a clown. He's in this drama yes. too. <laughs> oh, I love him. Okay. <laughs> he's also a clown Maybe in this I'll drama. Watch just for him. <laughs> See, I would say that's the difference of Sweet Home. Sweet Home doesn't have as strong of side characters, I would say. Mm-hmm. I actually end up rooting for the main character. And yeah, maybe that's why it's not as intriguing because there's not like sub there's not as many sub like plots, but mm-hmm. yeah. Linda, what have you been into? Mm, nothing really specific, just like little things here and there when I'm working mm-hmm. or when I'm drawing, but I did watch a couple of episodes of Naruto. Oh, what a throwback. I think right after, (laughs) right after I watched Raya, I was like, "Mm, I'm missing something. And I watched Naruto, I was like, this is where I, this is where I belong. But this was like one of the filler ones after it. So I was like, oh, I haven't seen this yet. Um, I'll, I'll watch it. And it was like after they, they're finished the war and everything. And it's like when everyone's getting married and like the happily ever after mm. part mm. and it was like surprising how like relevant it was so it's like the three of them in a team and they're like eating together and they're talking about how like now that the war is over and they're like not part of the same like training team they don't get to see each other and they had to make plans just to sit down and eat Aww. together after work and it was just, like scenes of them like <laughs> arriving in the restaurant be like so sorry i got held up at the office and things like that so i was like Ooh, that's exactly how Linda, I that's feel too sometimes. Real. Wait, is this like yeah, the end of then, Naruto? Yeah, yeah. And the three the, of them, the you mean like the trio, like Team Seven or whatever? No, it was Team. Uh, I don't know what it was, but it was um, the girl and Sakura. <laughs> no, Ino, Ino's team. It was oh, Ino's team. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and so it was like a random other team oh, and then when they got to the real yeah <laughs> when they got to the conflict it was about like i don't know the war industrial complex and stuff because this <sighs> random villain rose up and he's like so ninjas are basically useless now that the war is over right and now that the war is over you're not manufacturing new weapons you're not making a profit from like fighting and basically your like ninja forces are obsolete and he was like getting people to his cause and be like we need another war so we can be useful so our we can keep our jobs and things like that i'm like wait this is literally what happens when people go to war and they was like talking about the trauma and stuff and everyone was like we fought so hard for this piece and the the old people the team are like this person is crazy like this villain has no idea what he's talking about but all the young ninjas are like i need a chance to prove myself so mm-hmm. i'm going to join him to start mm-hmm. another war i'm like that's kind of believable um mm-hmm. and it made it sound believable too like these people missed their opportunity to show their talents and some of them have like super cool powers that would have been so useful during the war but now that it's peace they're like kind of like mm-hmm. useless and also the new ninjas, now that there's like no threat, they're all like bumbling and useless because not useless, but they're just like mm-hmm. kind of happy and not that great at fighting. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. basically in the end, they just like fight him and then defeat him and then everything's <laughs> fine. But I was like, oh my God, like the stakes are so high. Mm-hmm. And it's like after the war, I never thought so many interesting things mm-hmm. could happen. It's so weird to hear about like stories that happen after the major conflicts in these mm. series. Like you think after this, like the evil people are defeated and like the final boss is defeated, whatever final conflict is over. You think like they just live happily ever after, but there's still conflicts that go on <laughs> in their lives mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. I actually like mm-hmm. that a lot. Like, I like, I think that, like, when you were talking about um, that, Linda, and, like, the problem with not having war anymore, and then comparing it to Raya or, like, some other, I guess Raya, because we just talked about that, how Mm -hmm. it's so simplified in Disney, but, like, in other shows, it's more complex, and you have, they're letting you see reality, even for, I guess, I don't know if Naruto is, like, a kid's show, but, like, for- yeah younger people Mm -hmm. and that's i started reading well actually i didn't start i started and finished reading the the avatar um comics so it's like after Mm -hmm. the after the the show they do like filler comics before um katara wait that's not Uh, cora yeah yeah they do filler comics to like fill in what happens between that time and like 20 years later and it's that same idea of like now that we're in peace what happens now and they deal with like issues of if you have bending abilities versus if you're like a normal person like how do you coexist with one another if you're not at war and i actually enjoyed that a lot more honestly i would say i enjoyed it a lot more than the, the actual show because it like really dives more into the actual society of things and how you would function in this new world, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wait, Maine, did you watch Korra or no? I did. I watched it before I read the comics. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Korra really gets more into that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard they kind of did it badly though. Um, but like mm-hmm. the world was there. Like, wasn't like the main evil guy going to make an equal world for people who could bend and people who couldn't yeah Korra is kind of interesting because in each season there's a new 
like main enemy and they all have different agendas but they're all like i saw again reddit but i saw a post where it was like comparing the each like evil person to like a current way of thinking about society so like one was a socialist or whatever like comparing it to real life but yeah in the first season of Korra the the guy wants to not unify them but create like a a society where benders aren't have they don't have an advantage basically mm-hmm. like they want to even the playing field because like they see it as uneven if benders have these abilities and the normal people are stuck doing like manual jobs or whatever so that's a conflict that because all the main characters of avatar are benders it's hard for them to empathize empathize so it's like that's the main conflict and in the um comic books it's like the same idea of um like how do you find i guess equality or can equality exist that sort of thing Mm. it's kind of deep for kids books honestly yeah do they like learn from the villains okay i hate when this happens like the villain has like a good point like they want like peace or they want like a good society or they want like a good price for something i'm like yeah that makes sense but then suddenly like they're evil for some reason Mm. and then they randomly get squashed by like the heroes (laughs) and it's like well but they had a point and you're just gonna ignore them because they have some like random evil like um trait i'm pretty sure i don't remember exactly because it was a while ago but i'm pretty sure in korra like the villains pretty much get squashed but (laughs) in the comics there's like um a subplot of you know how the Fire Nation took over the the Earth Nation, yeah. Earth Kingdom, and they basically colonized parts of the Earth Kingdom. And so, after all this time of fighting the war, like people, like Earth colonials, I guess, <laughs> like kind of like intermingled with like the Earth Kingdom people, and like they created their own families, their own kind of miniature like culture, I guess. Uh, but because Zuko wants to like you know, get rid of all the bad stuff that the Fire Nation did. He wants to drive out the Fire Nation colonists and he has this whole agenda to like, you know, reset everything. And the Avatar or Aang is behind, is like supports that because like the balance of like the the four nations or whatever. But then they realize that like, it's not that black and white, like there's nuance to it. And like, you can't separate people into like very isolated nations, I guess. So Mm -hmm. that okay, kind of goes back like, to Kumandra. Isn't that just like colonization? Because <laughs> if he wants to make Kumandra, which is like an allegory for a melting pot or the United States or something, like the customs of the other places would just disappear, right? But like in Avatar, it's kind of the opposite. Like they want uh, everyone to be they separate. They want to keep it separate. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess. I I wish that Disney built in more of a reason behind why he wanted Kumandra so much, except for the fact that like it's the old ways or it's the I don't know of the past and like everything was happy and things like that. But yeah, you can't forget of how everything's set up now, like the reality of now, with mm. everyone's different cultures and things like that. So I don't, I don't know. I've, mm. Avatar definitely <laughs> discusses this topic way better than Disney. That's all I'll say. So interesting yeah. how they all also these, the like, Dow's kind of a himbo. <laughs> you have to define himbo for those that don't know it's like this man who's a bimbo kind of but he's like (laughs) he's like emotionally intelligent which is like i i love himbos as a concept and as people but they're just kind of like have like a golden retriever 
personality. <laughs> Rose-colored glasses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sally. Oh, I was just going to say, it's so weird how, like, um, these kids' cartoons have all these, like, deep implications to society where, like, mm-hmm. if you're watching this as a kid, there's no way you would get all this. But then when you watch it as an adult, then you see all these, like, nuances in the story. But also, like, I feel like that should be... I don't know. Like, do adults really watch animations like these? I feel like it or should be more think, of an adult thing. Targeted. Yeah. I, kind of thing. I think, like, in the case of Avatar, just from the sample size of, like, <laughs> one being Stefan, I, I think it... Because I didn't grow up watching it. But I think you're right that, like, when it's kids, you're not seeing those like very complex ideas you're just seeing it as like a fun Mm -hmm. i don't know show that has action in it but i think the reason why avatar um and maybe you can speak to this linda with like naruto or other shows is that like because you grew up with it you have nostalgic feelings to it so you want to like revisit it rewatch it and then when you do rewatch it you see all these deeper meanings behind it so you're able to enjoy it for like a different reason Mm -hmm. i guess or from a different perspective but I will say like American or like mainstream Disney shows are not good at that. They 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 break it up into like very like strict age yeah. age, I would say. And um they they won't talk about those topics until you get to like older cartoons like I don't know, Bojack Horseman apparently is older or like uh what's that show what um, we talked about? Wait the about the sex one. <laughs> Okay, that's mouth? not what I was thinking oh. about. No, I wasn't were, thinking about Big Mouth. Oh, yeah, like, Big Mouth. I know what you're talking about. Like that other yeah, cartoon what's that, what's that's that? like on Can't Adult Swim. Yeah, Rick and that Morty? was like, every yeah. guy gets, yeah, Rick and yeah, Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty. Because <laughs> <laughs> every guy thinks they're so intelligent for watching Rick and Morty. It's like that same. Wait, people like, you think can they're see intelligent how like, for watching that? <laughs> I'm just saying that everyone that I've met that recommends Rick and Morty to me is always like, it's a very smart show and like... <laughs> You know the guy who made the show, like, writes it while he's high, right? I mean, I believe it. <laughs> okay. But it's like... I think it's just, it's like, a funny show, but I don't think it... I don't see it as, like, an intelligent show at all. I've seen people Neither flex about Rick and Morty. Yeah, well. people actually... Yeah. People flex about that and BoJack Horseman. It's, like, the idea that you can enjoy, like, a deeper kind of, like, like show, mm-hmm. cartoon show. That means you're, like, more <laughs> intelligent. I don't know. It's like men but, or something that do it. Yeah, it's very like a male thing. <laughs> um, but I think Disney actually, I wonder if this is like their whole scheme. Like they divide it based on age because they can have different channels for like different ages mm-hmm. and like more content, more money. Wait, but you know, because they what have is like. It, what does Disney even release anymore? Like in terms of ser- cartoon series? Oh, I don't know. I'm not in that age bracket. I've aged <laughs> out. <laughs> I've aged out of their their Is main like high school musical or something. That was like, that's ages like a step ago. up from Raya. They made a new one, didn't they? What? Yeah, oh, high the, school musical, the musical, the, musical. <laughs> the, series. the series, the musical, the series. Yeah. Um, but I was talking more about how they have like different channels. Like you know, they have like Disney Kids with like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, mm-hmm. and then they have like yeah. like. The, the real shows that are like, um, like Hannah Montana, that sort of mm-hmm. like, yeah, that sort of like real actor kind of shows. Okay. And then, I don't know. I think that's, that's just it, the- right? I don't know. I never had Disney as a kid. 
But it makes sense. <laughs> I think that makes sense, though. Yeah. They're like diversifying their income stream. or Diversifying their portfolio, <laughs> yeah. their income streams. <laughs> they can make more of a profit. But I think Nickelodeon with Avatar and then other shows have a definitely a stronger nostalgic factor because mm-hmm. you're able to rewatch it as an older person. Yeah. <laughs> I did not think this is what we were going to talk about today. It's a very deep analysis. This is a fun media review to do. It's been a long time since we did such an in-depth one. We hope you enjoyed this summit. And we'll be having, I feel like you, you guys hear our media in our weekly recaps all the time. So we hope you watch some of the same things or you can relate to some of our thoughts. And check up on Ming and Sally's uh, K-drama recommendations. Those sound really good to watch. If you like this episode, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at movingalongpod and check out our Medium blog for all of our bonus contents. You can follow us there at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye.